What's going on? Welcome to the New Music Business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, the book, third edition coming soon. Today, this episode is actually a little bit different than most episodes. I don't have a special guest, but don't turn this off just yet. I hope I hope my voice isn't going to be too frustrating for you to listen to for the duration of this episode. It's just going to be me. Uh, what we're doing is I actually I sent out an email to the Ari's Take email list asking what your questions are, and I'm going to spend this whole episode taking your questions and answering them right here. So, uh, which reminds me, and hopefully subtle uh, reminder for you, if you're not on that email list, go get on that email list, aristake.com, sign up. That's where I send out all the most important information uh, about everything we're doing and in the new music business and how you can stay in touch with me. Of course, find us all at Ari's Take on, on the socials. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me at Ari Herstan on Twitter and Instagram. And visit Ari'sTake.com. All that good stuff. All right. Let's. Oh, if you haven't, please pause this real quick. Hit subscribe. Hit follow. Um, and leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Those really help. I like reading the reviews. If you're listening on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Um, all right. And let's kick into it. Okay, this this might be this might be part one of two parts, depending on how many I can get through right here. But I'm just going to start going down. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Title, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads and you keep a hundred percent of your royalties check out districtkid.com all right this first question comes from bobby apperson at songsmith la what's up bobby from la his question is what is the most important thing to drive spotify oh got it what is the most important thing to drive spotify follows seem like a good cause then i'm on future release radars for those people but Instagram followers means more interaction and not having to wait for singles to drop. Great question, Bobby. Okay, so let's just break down the purpose of why you'd want to get Spotify followers or Instagram followers. Okay, so Spotify followers, uh, yes, like you you mentioned, uh, every time uh, you release a new song, all of your followers, your song will show up on all of their release radar. So essentially, if you have 10,000 followers on Spotify, your that first Friday, that release week, your new song will be on 10,000 playlists. That's a fun way to think about it. 10,000 people's personalized release radar playlists. Yes, that's 10,000 playlists. That absolutely is. It's 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 how it works. Um, so that's honestly the main reason to get Spotify followers. Now, there are some other benefits is, um, yes, they'll all be notified the algorithm also works that they notice, Spotify notices if you're getting more followers. So if you're getting more followers, you have more likelihood to get on uh, editorial playlists and um, 
just all around. They like to know that there's action happening on your Spotify profile. Now, let's jump over to Instagram. So social media is interesting like this. We've seen the waves of social media back from the MySpace days now up to the TikTok days and everything in between. Uh, We know what happens, you know, when you build up a social following on a platform and then that platform dies like MySpace, you lose all uh, connection to them. Or like Facebook, they squash your reach with a flip of a switch because they want to make some money. And now they're like, oh, you just built up all those likes on your Facebook page like we told you to do. Oh, guess what? Now you have to pay to reach your followers. Sucks. Every social platform can do that. And now with TikTok, it's just the algorithm. It doesn't even really matter the followers that you have because the algorithm is going to decide how many people they're going to show your videos to. So that being said, Instagram still is currently uh, essentially the new artist website. This is currently kind of the hub that most fans go to to interact with their artists and to see the most current up-to-date information about their favorite artists. So... Don't ignore Instagram, um, even though TikTok's the sexy new kid on the block, and we're going to talk about a lot more about that in just a second. I saw a bunch more questions about TikTok and, and other social platforms. Um, but yes, Instagram's great. But this brings me to why you should be building up a list that you own, like an email list or a text list, because this gives you a way to get in touch with your fans no matter what the social platform does. What I like to say is that you rent your fans to social media platforms. You own your fans when you have them on your list, your email list, your text list. So build up that email list. I have stopped putting a, uh, and I'm telling people to stop putting a uh, pre-save link in their bio or their link tree Send them to an email list. Get them to sign up there. If they're going to take the steps to go and pre-save that song, why not just get them on your email list instead? And then you can have a welcome email that instantly sends it to them when they sign up on your email list with a link to pre-save or anything else that you want them to do. But now you have instant access, perpetual access for life to your fans, whereas we don't know what's going to happen to Instagram. We don't know what's going to happen to Spotify. Okay, moving on. Thank you, Bobby, for the question. This one comes from Paul in Prince. He's a composer and guitarist from Oregon. All right. Paul asks, when copywriting a collaboration tune, do you need signatures from each musician to complete the copyright form? Okay. So when you want to register the copyright with the U.S. Copyright Office, that's copyright.gov, there – well – just to break it down, there's two copyrights for every recording. There's the copyright for the sound recording and there's a copyright for the composition. So uh, in the uh, copyright, with, if you want to register the copyright with the U.S. Copyright Office, if you own both the recording and the composition, the musical work underneath the recording, meaning you wrote the song and you don't have a label and you're, you recorded it yourself and you're releasing it yourself and it's all you or all you and a collaborator – You can actually use the SR, that sound recording, form, and that covers both copyrights. Now, you can only use that one SR form if, uh, to cover also the musical work underneath, if all your collaborators own both. So if, like, you're in a band, that's actually a really good example for if you guys, uh, you wrote the song together and you recorded the song together and you're releasing it together and you own the recording and you have equal splits all around, that's a good instance where you could use the SR copyright or if uh, it's just you that's another reason now if you wrote a song with other songwriters 
but you're releasing it or someone else is releasing it or a label's releasing it, then you don't register that SR copyright uh, for the composition. You, you register the work of performing arts. Now, to get to your question, uh, do you need signatures from each musician to complete the form? No, they don't ask you for signatures to verify this. Uh, but if the proverbial shit hits the fan down the line and uh, there's a lawsuit and you need to pull out this form, uh, well, then that's a whole other lawsuit if you register something incorrectly or whatever. So it's a good uh, way to get something in writing. Uh, I like split sheets or an email with the songwriter just discussing splits. You don't actually have to put the split uh, on the copyright form, whether you own 5% or 80% or 50% or whatever. Uh, you just put that you guys, your the collaborators own the song. Okay, hopefully that was helpful. Next question comes from Joseph Simon of uh, Lure of the Unknown, and Joseph comes to us from Cleveland, Ohio. All right. You have often said splits are important, and I agree with this statement. It is incredibly, uh, it's incredibly, it's easier to have splits automated when in the digital realm. Is there any POD? I don't know what POD stands for. Doing, I think it means you, you mean a distributor. Uh, doing physical packaged music that does splits, or is it uh, for just physical products, for the physical products like DistroKid does with digital content? Uh, is there another method to basically, financially speaking, have everything on an autopilot? A, a like-minded question would include what companies, digital or otherwise, include splits. Okay, Joseph, I think I understand your question. First off, uh, where did you get the the POD thing? I'm curious what that means. If anybody knows what that means, maybe I'm out of the know. Maybe I, I don't know this. Uh, there's a lot of uh, acronyms thrown around. Um, but anyway, I think you mean a distributor, digital distributor. Um, so first off, go check out the review that I have of 17 different distribution companies that's on Ari's Take. Just you can search digital distributors Ari's Take on Google and it'll be the first hit. Um, and I review all of them. I Some of them do physical, some of them do splits. So for those of you that don't know what he means by splits, this is payment splitting, revenue splitting. So uh, some of the distributors that do payment splitting automatically are DistroKid, Symphonic, Stem, Amuse, um, and other ones. Uh, but those are kind of some of the bigger ones. Um, now, what splits, revenue splitting means is that if, let's just say that my producer gets 20% of the master sound recording royalties of all my streams, if I don't want to have to uh, account every couple months, every month that I get a check for whatever, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, that I have to now write a $20 check uh, to my producer or, you know, gosh, maybe it's even less or more, whatever. I don't have to keep cutting checks and keep my accounting, whatever. Uh, you, some distributors uh, will send that. You just tell them how much to send your collaborator. So I would just tell my distributor, yo, send my producer 20% of all the royalties. Don't send me that money. Send it to these people, to my producer. I cut in my session musicians as well. A lot of people don't do that. Um, I like to do that. I, I usually cut in 20% of total royalties to all the people who played on the record. I give my producer some. Some people cut in their mixing engineers for a little bit. Those are also called points. Um, 
for producers and, and whatnot. That's just percentage points. Um, I have a whole article on uh, producer and songwriter splits uh, when we're just talking about how to split it up. That's on Ari's Take. You can go read that. Just search producer splits, Ari's Take, and you can read all about what producer points are and splits and all that stuff. Um, so now in the physical realm, uh, I mean, no, this is not automated, really. I mean, there's a couple services out there that help you keep track of your royalties, uh, like Residual, that's spelled R-S-D-L, um, or uh, Infinite Catalog. Now, this is also really more for digital royalties as well, where they come in from all different areas, you know, publishing royalties, like performance and mechanical, uh, digital, streaming, all of that stuff, sound exchange, whatever, all the royalties from all over the, the digital realm, the internet, they come in and they help you sort it and potentially pay out your collaborators and that kind of stuff. But in the physical realm, I mean, when you sell a record at your show and if your producer gets 20% of that record, so yeah, you got to keep track of it. I mean, I, you know, no, uh, I don't believe at venue, which is a point of sale platform. I don't believe that they, they will indicate the splits on our own. Maybe they do um square i don't believe you can kind of set that up so yeah you would have to calculate i'd probably just say just calculate it at the end of the tour is probably the best way to do that uh or if you're selling them on online in your merch store you know maybe just do it twice a year and that can be part of the agreement with your producer or your collaborators okay moving on this one comes from slavi uh cordia slavi comes to us from arlington virginia what is the function of a publishing company? I know some artists open and keep their own publishing company to avoid paying fees to a third party. It seems like it is not that hard of a business. Where is the catch? Okay. Well, uh, Slavi, let me tell you something. Uh, publishing is massively, wildly, insanely, incredibly complicated. So if you want to get in the publishing realm, <laughs> good luck. Um, as somebody who has studied this my entire life and uh, wrote a book on this stuff, uh, I can tell you firsthand, even though I pride myself, even though all of that, uh, it's very, very, very complicated and I'm learning every day. Now, there's a couple things I want to clarify here. Are you starting a full-on publishing company, meaning you're going to sign songwriters and you're going to set up uh, songwriting sessions with them? You're going you're gonna to get those songs cut by artists? Like, that's what a full-on publishing company does. Or are you, and or are you going to have an admin department where you're going to track down all of the publishing royalties from 80 uh, collective management organizations from around the world? Are you going to do that? Because that's what a publishing company does. Um, or are you going to work with an administrator that will do that for you, like a, uh, a Cobalt or a Centric or something like that? Um, they administer, they do you know the administration for some big, from publishing companies out there. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into a publishing company. Now, I think what you actually probably meaning when you're saying your friends set up publishing companies, they're setting up what's called a vanity publishing company. Vanity meaning it doesn't really exist more than just you wrote some words on a piece of paper and called it publishing company. Uh, and this is just for uh, PROs, performing rights organizations like ASCAP or BMI. If you're just concerning with yourself with performance royalties, which mind you is about half the publishing royalties that come from streaming. So if you're only really thinking about performance royalties, then yeah, if you want to just worry about performance royalties, uh, the only way that you're going to get all of your performance royalties if you're if you're uh, working with ASCAP is if you register a vanity publishing company 
and yourself as a songwriter because ASCAP pays half the performance, half their money to a publishing entity, and you have to have one listed for each song, and half the money for uh, the songwriter. So um, BMI is a little bit differently, works a little bit differently. If you're just a songwriter, you don't have a publisher, they'll pay you all the money, but it gets a little bit more complicated with international performance royalty. So all that being said, uh, I recommend working with an admin publishing company. If you don't have a publishing company, like, you know, someone that is a full-fledged publishing company, like, uh, you know, a Sony ATV or or whatever, uh, Cobalt, um, then I recommend working with an admin publishing company. Yes, they take a, anywhere from 10 to 20% of your royalties, but I think it's worth it so you don't have the headache because that headache is no joke. Um, so... Uh, some admin publishing companies out there include TuneCore Publishing. You can work with them whether you distribute through TuneCore or not. They have a standalone publishing service. You can check it out. Uh, Centric is another one. S-E-N-T-R-I-C. They're actually, they white label for TuneCore. Uh, it's free to sign up, but they take a little bit higher, uh, percentage TuneCore at $75 to sign up song trust is out there uh they white label for downtown publishing and cd baby publishing um song trust it's a hundred dollars to sign up they take 15 percent their customer service has been uh let's just say um iffy over the last few years uh aka not great so sign up for song trust um you know, at your own risk, I should say. Uh, very nice people that work there. I just had a call with them a few weeks ago, but I'm sorry. Until they get their customer support together, I can't really recommend working with Song Trust anymore. I have, and I do personally. Um, but you know, sign up with them at your own risk. Um, and then, of course, if you distribute through CD Baby, you can use their CD Baby Pro, but only this is the difference. The main difference between their publishing service and TuneCores is CD Baby Publishing will only cover the songs you distribute with CD Baby, whereas TuneCore Publishing you can will cover the songs you distribute with TuneCore or the songs you don't. So if you and I write a song together and I want to distribute that song, uh, you still need a publisher to collect the royalties from my recording. So you need an admin publisher to collect that. If I don't distribute uh, through CD Baby, there's no way CD Baby is collecting that money for you. Whereas if I distribute through, uh, you know, Universal or Public Records, or I distribute through DistroKid, or I distribute through Symphonic or whomever, you can still get your money collected from your publisher, whether that's TuneCore Publishing, Centric, or SongTrust, or Cobalt, or any other publisher that you're signed with. You need somebody to collect that money. Now, all that being said... There are patched work ways that you can do this. Um, we already talked about performance royalties, but the way to get your mechanical royalties, buzzword, mechanical royalties, that's the other kind of uh, publishing royalties out there. Um, so let's just stop for a second. There are two kinds of publishing royalties from streaming. What are they? Anybody? Can you name them? We already said one of them. What was it? Performance royalties. Where do you get your performance royalties? Your PRO. What does PRO stand for? Performance right, Performing rights organization like ASCAP, BMI, PRS, SOCAN, etc. What are the other kind of uh, publishing royalties that come from streaming? Does anybody know? They're called mechanical royalties. So let's not confuse what mechanical royalties are. There's a question down below that said uh, incorrectly I needed mechanical royalties. Mechanical royalties, I'm sorry. I don't know why. They get thrown around a lot. People think they know what they're talking about. Don't talk about mechanical royalties unless you know what mechanical royalties are. I don't think you do. Mechanical royalties, what mechanical royalties are, they come from streaming. They come from, they're for songwriters. Only songwriters get mechanical royalties and publishing companies. 
Songwriters get mechanical royalties. Say it with me. Songwriters get mechanical royalties. Mechanical royalties come from streaming and sales. So if you sell a record, the songwriters get some mechanical royalties from that. If you get streamed on Spotify, you get mechanical royalties from that. If you're the songwriter, only songwriters get mechanical royalties. Okay, where? how do you get mechanical royalties? Well, if you work with a publisher or an admin publisher, they'll collect your mechanical royalties and your performance royalties and all the other from around the world. If you don't have an admin publisher, you don't want to give up that 15% or that 20%. Yes, you can go to the MLC, the Mechanical Licensing Collective in the States, sign up. They'll send you some of your mechanicals directly just for U.S. streams. They don't actually, if you're if you're in the States uh, and you sign up for the MLC, they don't actually send you mechanical royalties from any of the mechanicals that you get from everywhere else outside of the world, outside of the U.S. They're only sending you your U.S. Mechanical royalties. If you want those other mechanical royalties, you need an admin publisher, or you can work with another CMO. So if you're in another country, you can blah 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 blah. You see why this is complicated? You see why? Like I could spend the whole episode talking about mechanical royalties and publishing royalties. All I'm here to say is my recommendation is work with an admin publisher. Save yourself the headache. However, if you do want more information on this or you really want to do the deep dive, you're like, all right, don't stop there. I'm taking furious notes. All right, chapter 13 in my book, I break it down in-depthly. All right, let's move on. Okay, thank you, Slavi. Real quick, I want to let you know about Two Lost. Two Lost is a new distribution company to the space. And let me tell you, I am very impressed with them. I, I got a full deep dive demo with the founder and yeah they're very innovative and when you come into the distribution space at this stage with how crowded it is you better be innovative and they are yes they will get your music out to spotify apple music all the places plus 450 other outlets around the world they do not take a commission this is why 300,000 artists and labels have already used them they've already distributed 7 million songs they offer payment splitting, and they don't charge your collaborators for this service for the payment splitting. They will just pay your collaborators directly for free. They have publishing administration with BMG, so you know it's legit. A lot of distributors have, have fallen into trouble with using some other uh, less-than-legit pub admin services. Well, Two Loss is partnered with BMG. You know it's legit. They offer Instant royalty advances. Uh, this is something that's very cool. And if you have historical streaming data and you need just a bulk payment up front, they can see how much your music has earned in the past. I'm like, all right, we think we know what you're going to earn in the next three years. Here's a check for 100 grand or whatever it will be. And you can just click a button and get that distributed and um, into your account immediately. They do lyrics and credits distribution for free. They have a very innovative analytics platform where, yes, you will see real-time analytics for Spotify, Apple Music, but also Pandora, Deezer, SoundCloud, and Peloton. They're the only ones that do Peloton. Uh, they also have a service where you can search the internet wherever your music is being used, and it will just show you a chart of Everywhere, every TikTok video, everywhere, every YouTube video, everywhere your music is possibly being used. I've never seen this before. That was very cool. They'll register you with SoundExchange, and they have a fraud prevention tool, and they're doing fraud prevention. So if you're worried about your music, you know, getting a bot attack or something like that and getting ripped down, which we've seen is a big issue, uh, they have fraud prevention tools that are better than most other distributors that I have seen. 
check out Two Lost. You can just go to twolost.com. Use the promo code Ari's Take for three months free and try them out. Let them know what you think. Um, let's see who we have. Um, all right. From Minnesota, we have RZ Shahid. All right. Um, I wonder if you're related to Roger Shahid, who I had on the podcast. Uh, all right, RZ is a songwriter and creative director, CEO of Art of Zandu and creative company around music, film, and fashion. Best advice best advice for artists who work full-time but want to pursue music full-time for sync licensing? All right. Well, uh, let's see here. Quickest answer is sign up for the Ari Steak Academy Advanced Sync Strategies course. Uh, not to do a shameless plug here, but honestly, uh, it's the best in the game right now. Uh, Vo Williams is the instructor. I can say that because I'm not teaching it. Vo Williams is teaching it, and he's an incredible instructor. He's had over 1,500 placements, uh, sync placements of his own music. Besides that, we help get our um, our students signed to sync agency. So the quickest answer is you have to get a sync agent if you want to get your song synced. You cannot send music to music supervisors anymore. That worked 10 years ago when I first got my song, uh, when I was getting a bunch of syncs. And even five years ago, you could work it. Even three years ago, not anymore. Music supervisor, I just, if you listen to the show, you're a long-time listener to the show, you've heard me interview hordes of music supervisors. And you know, none of them want, are really taking music from artists they don't know anymore. They're taking music from sync agents. How do you get a sync agent? Well, in the course, we actually, twice a year, we hold showcases with our students for sync agents. We've gotten over 100 of our students signed to sync agencies. Ariestakeacademy.com, you can apply for the course. Enrollment is not open right now. We only open enrollment twice a year, but uh, we accept a few people over applications, so you can apply. Otherwise, you can wait till next open enrollment period. That's what I would recommend doing. Um, okay, moving on. Mafalda Johansson, the manager of the band Plasticine out of Lagos, Portugal. What's up? Mafalda, cool, from Portugal. All right. Hi, Aria. Managing a world music jazz fusion band called Plasticine, and I'm using websites to find playlists, curators, in order to pitch them our singles however it's quite hard to find adequate playlists if i put jazz it's quite easy but anything to do with fusion or world music it's hard to find sometimes i make the search using artist names instead such as snarky puppy or wolfpack but it's still challenging to find playlists for the genre any other ideas am i missing anything okay this is a great opportunity for me to tell you um so there if i'm understanding mafalda you're trying to pitch your songs for uh, user-generated playlists, uh, but let's let's just talk about playlists uh, first off. So uh, on Spotify, you know, because that's where everyone is is obsessed with playlists, um, and, and you know they can. Uh, I've yeah, they're very powerful. Uh, you can get hundreds of thousands of streams overnight, essentially, if you get on the right playlists. Um, so first off, your main priority should be to get on Spotify editorial playlists. Uh, they have playlisted over 150 thousand new artists in the last two years if you haven't listened to my interview with sam from spotify on this podcast on this show called the spotify interview go listen to that he explains that and breaks it down um now 
you should but to have the best shot at getting uh consideration for uh playlist is you want to pitch them about four weeks in advance so queue up your song for distribution with your distributor and then a few days later log in to spotify for artists that artist that it's the website is artist.spotify.com log in and you'll see in the upcoming songs uh there'll be a way a pitching tool and you can pitch the spotify editors that works now it doesn't work for everybody of course i have i will be the first to tell you that hey i didn't get playlisted on my last album and it was devastating or i should say official spotify editorial but i did get a bunch of user generated playlists um and you can too uh but don't use a third-party playlist plugin service i know i'm gonna get a lot of questions i have a bunch more questions on this i'm gonna get to it but let me say it again don't use a third-party playlist plugin service like playlist push Submit Hub, don't use them. They will fuck up your analytics. They will fuck up your data. They do that. They're bot infested. They're going to ruin the algorithm for you. This is not how you build a music career. This is not how you build fans. Do not use these services. They are shady as hell. And this is not a way. Uh, yes, they will. Vanity metrics. You'll get a bunch of streams overnight. But then where are these streams coming from? Let me tell you, when I've tested these services, yeah, I got 27 playlists in like a day for my new funk song. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. But then when I looked what the playlist was, like, wait, why did I get included in 90s boy bands playlist? Why did I get my song included in a Pink and Avril Lavigne playlist? It literally was called that, Pink and Avril Lavigne and others. Uh, why did I get included? Uh, this song was throwback funk soul. It had nothing to do with that stuff. So like, sure, it got a bunch of streams overnight. It's like, oh, wow. I could be like, if that's my goal, streams at all costs, cool. But then my fans also like got messed up. The algorithm got messed up. And then Spotify is going to look through the stuff. It's like, oh, we should send the songs to more peep fans who like boy bands. Because clearly, the uh, a lot of people like boy bands are listening to the song. It's like, please don't. That's not. It, it's So I'm just telling you, don't use a third-party service. They're never recommended. That being said, you can do this targeted on your own, like you're doing, uh, Mafalda, and I and I applaud your efforts. And the way that you can really do it is don't just search by genre. I would search. You're on the right track by searching um, band names, like you said, Snarky Puppy or Wolfpack. Make a list of 25 similar artists who you could see your songs being on playlists with. Go to the Spotify Spotify profiles. I'm going to scroll down and do this while I'm talking to you just to make sure I do this correctly. Scroll all the way down, all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way down to appears on. Nope, not appears on. Hold on. Discovered on. That's what it is. Discovered on. And the discovered on section will show you the top 50 playlists that they are discovered on. And for lesser known, um, smaller, I should say, um, artists that are not on official editorial, those 50 playlists will be user-generated playlists, and then you can look at who the um, who the curator is, the, uh, the editor of that playlist, and do some research and sleuthing around and find their contact info and shoot them a message. But let me quick say here, never pay for placement. So if they're like, oh, sure, I'll include you on the playlist for $25, don't do it. Report them to Spotify. Just email support at Spotify.com and be like, hey, this person is charging me. Send them some screenshots or better yet, forward them the email. That playlist will get removed. Uh, that is against Spotify's terms. Never pay somebody to include your song in a playlist. All right, moving on. Thank you, Mafalda, for that question. 
Uh, let's see here. What do you make on streaming as an independent artist if you own the master and publishing? How is this revenue collected? Do you have to go through one of these services such as DistroKid? What's percentage of standard? Okay. Dave, this comes from David Dobson uh, from Franklin, Tennessee. All right. We're, we're starting at the beginning. That's cool, David. Um, so uh, how it works is, yes, if you want to get your songs on streaming services, also known as DSPs, uh, like Spotify, Apple Music, and the rest, Amazon, etc., Deezer, whatever, uh, you need to go through a distributor. Like I said, I have a comparison article on ariestake.com that lists, we, I compare 17 different distributors. Uh, District Kids, one of them, but it has 16 other ones you can look into. Some of them take a cut of your revenue. Some of them do not. Some of them charge a fee. Some of them do not. Um but, you know, there is no per stream rate. It's not like a dollar a download, you know, on iTunes or something like that. It varies. If most of your listeners are from um, a country where the um, the subscription cost for the service is lower, like India, for instance, you know, the average subscription cost for a streaming service there is like a dollar or two a month, whereas in the States it's $10. Your streams will get calculated a lot lower, um, and but if you know most of your streams come from the U.S., you're going to make a lot more per stream. But it all varies on like who the listener is because we're that is how most streaming services operate, and it is based on um, the total number of streams that you get. Uh, well, I should say the total number of streams that uh, have occurred on that streaming platform divided by the total number of streams that you get. Uh, it's a, it's a very complicated formula here. It's messed up. We shouldn't be doing it. We should be using the user centric payment model and the user centric payment model, also known as fan powered royalties, which SoundCloud is doing, uh, props to SoundCloud and, uh, titles testing out and Pandora is going to be testing out. Um, I think everybody should be using this. That's essentially everyone who listens to your music, um, you get a percentage of their subscription cost for the month or their ad revenue for the month. That's kind of kind of like how YouTube does it. It's like the money that you make off of ad royalties on a video is basically the money that is generated from the video from your uh, your video, not everyone else's or not the total streams on the platform or whatever. Um, so that's how it should work. If you listen to my song, or I should say, if I'm the only artist that you listen to this month, you just love my music so much and you spend literally every single stream that you listen to this month, which, you know, I do that some months. I listen to pretty much just one or two artists um, and you pay $10 this month. I would get all 10 of those dollars less the streaming platforms commission, which Spotify and Apple Music, they take uh, around 33% or so. Um, so I would make, you know, about seven of your dollars. Uh, which is how it should work. And I believe we're moving in that direction. Um, and yes, difference between master and publishing, which you asked, um, most of that money is for the master royalties. So it's like four to five times more is paid to the distributors and the labels than is paid to the publishers and the songwriters. That's fucked up. It shouldn't be that way. It should be 50-50. This is not the streaming services uh, issue. So put down the pitchforks. Um, I know everyone's like, Spotify, damn you, Spotify, you're paying songwriters too little. Okay, literally, this whole thing could be solved if the major labels, uh, with the flip of a switch from the major labels, all the major labels could come to the table tomorrow and be like, hey, yeah, 
We're cool. Let's split it 50-50. Songwriters deserve to get paid more. I think we can all agree on that, except the labels. They don't think songwriters deserve to get paid more because that means they have to make less. And uh, so, you know, the argument is like, well, what do we think is fair? Apple has been taking 30% since iTunes launched. Is that fair? Is that too high? That's what Spotify is taking. Is that too high? That's the question because they're paying out 70% of their money to the music industry. So the question is, should they be taking less? And if so, then how do we split it? And I think it should be split 50-50. 50% goes to the master rights holders, labels, artists. 50% goes to publishers and songwriters. That means songwriters get paid a lot more. Uh, The problem is that requires labels making less or the streaming services taking less, which that is a losing battle. How are you know? Sure, Bandcamp only takes 15%, but they're one of the only ones. Every other streaming service takes around 30%. Moving on. This one comes from another David, David Holloway from Louisville. All right, David. Uh, David Holloway. Hi, Ari. Already, I can't thank you enough for the information you have provided. Ah, you're welcome, David. Let's say I know that I have a great Christmas song and access to powerful artists. I am a skilled unknown writer. How much of my publishing should I be be prepared to give up to a star producer and artist? (laughs) All right, all right. So let's break this down a little bit, David. Um, Well, uh, yeah, okay. So the easiest way to get a a Christmas song cut is um, if you, you're friends with this star artist that you're saying or star producer, um, well, here, let me, let me just give you a recommendation. Uh, go check out on YouTube. Uh, it's New York Times. Um, I believe it's called Anatomy of a Song. And it's uh, Marin Morris's uh, The Middle. This can kind of break it down how a pop song is made and cut by, by some stars. Uh, from inception, from unknown songwriters to getting cut by Marin Morris and Zed. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's safe to say that you'll probably need to be giving up some publishing, but that, you know, 100% of $0 is, I would say, less attractive than 50% of a million dollars. We can all probably agree on that, right? Uh, so I would much rather have a much smaller percentage of a lot of money than 100% of no money. All right, let's move on. Uh this comes from Pure. Uh, let's see. It's uh, Shayana Hill from LA. The artist Pure. All right. Wondering about uh, leasing beats within sync deals, meaning when one writer, me, owns the song but not the underlying beat. All right. I'm sorry to say, Pure, uh, that. Yeah, it's a losing battle. Um, if you let me, I, it you're not going to want to hear this, <laughs> but um, if you have any hopes in sync licensing, don't lease your beats, don't buy your beats. That uh, music supervisors won't touch you. They're not going to touch you if you buy a beat. I'm sorry. Uh, you can still release that if you think you know on streaming services or whatever, but it might get flagged. Now, here's why. You may think that you own this beat. You may talk to the producer and buy the beat. I have air quotes if you can't see me. Buy the beat or whatever. Uh, Or lease the beat or license. You may think you have the rights. 
But here's the problem. There's sonic recognition software. And what if five other artists also license that same beat and they don't chop it up and they don't really alter it? And now, like, someone's shazamming it. You know, it's essentially Shazam, but but internal software that some of these companies use. And now all five songs pop up and or get flagged or YouTube flags it or um, the supervisor flags it. Now they're like, well, what song is this? Do you actually have the rights? Uh, the publisher of that other song may come after you. They might say, oh, we didn't give you the rights to this. This this uses one of our samples. And you're like, but I leased the beat. And then the producer who you leased the beat from, you're like, oh, yeah, I cut in a Nine Inch Nails song. I didn't know I couldn't do that. You don't want to lease beats. One, the producer's probably ignorant and they don't really realize that they can't sample songs. Uh, so you're going to get flagged for that. Or two, you may think you own the beat, but that producer licensed the beat to 10 other artists or 100 other artists and now even though you think you've licensed the beat um another artist put that song out first registered it first and now they have the first use of that uh copyright and now that's registered and now that's signed to a publishing company and now that publishing company is going to be going after you and that label and on and on and on music supervisors don't have time to deal with this they don't want to deal with this they are not going to touch artists that lease beats. So my recommendation is uh, if you have any hope in the sync licensing game, you need to get your productions, your music needs to be created from scratch from someone you trust and you know personally. Don't license beats for sync. Okay, moving on. This one comes from Jamie Ford, Artist and Label Services by Baita out of the UK. Jamie says, with streaming leading the way in which many people listen to and discover new music, many new artists are faced with the burden of achieving good playlisting on DSPs such as Spotify or facing very little streams. In your opinion, what else can new artists do to increase their streaming figures for new releases outside of social media posting, press, and radio? Ideally focusing on non-paid methods. So without using things such as Playlist Push or Submit Hub. Good. Don't use Playlist Push or Submit Hub for playlisting. Um, okay. Outside of social media or press or radio, how do you get uh, good playlisting in DSPs? Uh, okay. Well, this brings me back to getting your fans... Owning your fans on social media platform. I'm sorry. Owning your fans on email lists or SMS text message. Owning their phone numbers. Not relying on the social media platforms for your fan engagement. So how do you do this? I would recommend making sure that you can get as many of your fans signed up to your email list or on your text messages services as possible. Every show you play, have a moment during that show where you're like, all right, everybody. Take out your phones. I know normally you don't want our phones out, but take them out right now. Everybody, get your phones out. Get them out. Get those phones out. Okay. Now, text. I want you to open your text message app, and I want you to text this number. Ready? Everybody, you got text open? Texting? Okay. 55444. And you're going to text. You're going to text Ari. You know how to spell my name? It's A-R-I. You're going to text Ari to 55444. Everybody do it. And now what you can use, you can use an SM service and you can say, 
as soon as you text it, you're going to get this next song, which is unreleased, in that you'll be able to stream on your way home. You'll be able to listen to this song on your way home. And I'm also going to let you know every time I play a show in your city, my next show that's coming out. And I'll probably send you some goodies here and there. So thank you for texting me. Now we, we are staying connected. You can text me anytime you want, within reason. Make a little moment like that during your show. Now, if you had 100 people in, in your show, in the venue, you just got 100 phone numbers. Now, next time you play a show, you get to text all of them. You have to rely on, like, hopefully they'll see your Instagram post or your Bands in Town message or something like that. You have their phone number. Who doesn't open a text message? All right. And then next time you release a song, text them the day you release a song. Boom, that's 100 people that's going to go listen to your song and save it. And that is going to help the algorithm. That is a way that I think you should be getting in touch. All right. We're going to call it there. I I got through. I made a dent. I made a dent. But uh, stick around for part two where I'm going to get to the rest of the questions that came in. And that episode will be out next week. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. This was a lot of fun. Uh, it's very hot in Los Angeles. I am sweating my ass off right now. Uh, so at the very least, I got to cut this short just so I can go uh, step into some air conditioning. Because when I got the air on in here, you can't hear me. That's way more information than you need to know. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And I will see or you'll be hearing from me next week. Peace. Today's episode was edited by Maxton Hunter, theme music by Brassroots District, and produced by all the great people at Ari's Take. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com.